podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys from Coppin Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Fracas, powered by Social Media Group. I am your host Chris and today I am joined by Mark, Mush and Julian to talk about all things in a very, very eventful week for Liverpool Football Club. Uh, before we do get stuck into everything, uh, please make sure that if you are listening to us uh, on the podcast networks, uh, please hit subscribe. And if you are listening to us on YouTube, actually more importantly, watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe now as every little view helps us in terms of getting to where we want to be in the journey. And of course, if you love Carpet and Fracas and you want a bit more weekly content, um, then the Patreon page is the place to be. We're not Joe Budden. Um, so our Patreon page is, you know, actually not funding terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's funding real life content for real life people um and the Patreon page is popping um we've had two fantastic post match uh, reaction shows go up in the past week with the victories against Manchester United and West Brom which we'll be talking about in this part a little bit later on so from just a little as three pound a month you'll get access to all the content we just discussed so please do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas it is floating on the bottom of your screen right now it's going that way it's going down there it's going down there track it track it's going there and it's gone um but yeah let's get stuck into the show and there's only one place to really start to be fair um it's been two business days since this happened um i'm still not fully fathoming what we what we really witnessed what occurred before our eyes and mush i'm going to come to you um welcome back by the way Oh, thank you okay, very much. Very good. It's good. It's good. It feels like I've had a, like a little, little, been given a sterling type break. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> to be back, man. Extended <laughs> leave. Uh, that's how you use all your annual leave from 2020. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come to you first on this. So we played against West Brom. Um, I thought, for, I thought actually for on second view we didn't actually play that badly. I uh, said on the post match pod that we, you know, we're a little bit, a little bit crap. Um, 
and we tried pretty much everything, hit the woodwork a few times, had some really good opportunities, and just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net for the second time. So, in traditional last-chance saloon fashion, that Ooh. all teams with something on the line go for, the goalkeeper steps up. And Alisson, you know, he kind of he majestically walks up the pitch, he's been given the signal, he's been given the green light from John Atterberg, and he gets in the middle there. And Trent whips in, possibly one of the greatest corner that, corners I've ever seen in my entire life. If you are a set-piece aficionado, that is a corner where you look at it and you go, ah, it's beautiful, it's absolutely superb. And up leaps this magnificent, ah, just, just beautiful man, with his beard, oh. his hair, his black goalkeeper kit, and with the best header I've ever seen from someone in a football game, buries it in the back of the net. Talk me through your, your emotions after seeing that. Well, I, I think I, I put it in the group, but we'll definitely put it out there. I could not have, and it's lovely to be back on on Coppin because we had a few we had a few people who were waiting for for pain. I was at Nigerian Dan from Tachiguna's house watching the game, surrounded by by enemies who had the cameras on, ready to record my reaction to no longer having Champions League football merely months after winning a league. And it was, I mean, I think the biggest thing about this is this would have been an amazing moment even in the middle of the season where it didn't, you know, even count for much. But I think this is just proves, man, like football and sport in general is is theatre that writes itself, right? Like, as we saw, all of those things that Alisson has gone through, the fact that it's been so hard for him not only on a personal level, but on a professional level in terms of having all of this changing personnel in front of him as well, him dropping off in terms of form. It just, it was absolutely, I haven't screamed like that in in ages because even the way we won the league, it was so resounding and, and imperious. You just didn't need to, you know, feel like you've come out of the depths to win something. Whereas this moment just felt like, you know, every time we, we'd edge out the hole, we just couldn't get out of the hole this season. And it, it, it just, it, it's weird, but such a shit season is going to kind of come out as a really enjoyable end if things can end out the right way. So I'm really grateful to Alison for, for giving us that chance to to actually have a lovely chapter close um, to what has been a terrible kind of uncontrollable season. So, yeah, man, it, an amazing feeling on just a sporting level, but also gives some meaning behind everything we've gone through and what we've gone through as a journey as the cop end group, I think. That's very well. Uh, that's, that's, that's so beautifully said. Um, I think we do forget sometimes that, you know, we do go on the exact same journey as these players, even though, you know, we're not fighting on the pitch on, on a weekly basis. You know, we, we go on this emotional roller coaster with them. So when they felt, even that with that January, February period where they felt a little bit sorry for themselves or all down in the dumps, things weren't going their way, they kind of adopted this defeatist mentality. I think we did the exact same thing as fans, really. We were going into games thinking, fuck it, how are we going to screw this up this time? What's going to happen now? Can it possibly get worse? Um, and we, we shared that roller coaster, and, you know, I completely agree that the let-off from me, um, I think there's a nice there's a nice voice note in the old Cup and group chat uh, that, that symbolises that. That's on, it's, it's not on par with the Firmino one against Atletico Madrid. That one will be re- that one will end up being released to the general public at some point. Um, but 
<laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it it just felt like this 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 kind of wave of emotion going on everyone. You can see it in all the players' faces just how happy they are for Ferrari and how it just kind of kept the dream alive more than anything. I, th- I think also though, as well as being happy for Alison, which of course they all were, I think the kind of how can I describe it? The impression we've had is that the players and this is a bit a bit top red, but the players looked like the defeats, the misses of each chance didn't look like what they were affecting them so much. Like even, mm-hmm. and to give a good example, this game, when Trent in that second half cut in and that shot he had with his left, which he should have scored, to be honest, if you yeah. look in the centre of the box, Firmino falls to his knees. And I looked at it, like these players really, really want it. Like they, they want to win this game. And yeah, it shouldn't take you mathematically being impossibly out to, to get to this point. But whatever it took to get here, I just felt like these players cared so much about the result, just as much as the symbolism of Alisson. Yeah, 100%. On that Trent miss, well, it was a chance that he kind of created himself by cutting in a lot of space. I felt like that was it. At that point, and for those that are on Discord, I wasn't on Discord for this one because I left Mush and the guys after playing football, I went to go eat and I was supposed to be doing interview prep and loads of different things. So I was just like, you know what, this should be an easy game. I'm not really going to jump on Discord and make noise. Salah scored in the first half and I thought, yeah, it's just going to be easy to steamroll them over. But the more and more we got to the end of the game, the anxiety started to rise and that felt like Liverpool bold where... We would continually dominate a game and see, well, allow teams back in. Like, they would have their own chances. Then they could possibly score at the last minute. And the more and more we pressed forward, I felt like this is definitely not going to be our day. And then as soon as the commentator mentioned Alisson's coming up, I was thinking, yeah, maybe they might score. It might go 2-1 and then we're completely out of top four. But that type of header from a goalkeeper, like, the technical ability to pull off that header is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that would Side netting. He looked at it and I know they waxed Liverpool about this on the post-match, but Nat Phillips runs across him and he was still able to keep his concentration throughout the whole time, looking at the ball, guiding it into the net and it didn't even feel real when it hit the back of the net. Like I was screaming so hard. <laughs> I live with the Chelsea side who isn't the easiest fan to live with. Like Chelsea have been quite annoying as of late and he is the type of person that really gets under your skin when his team is doing well so <laughs> it was really nice to just get up and scream just get up and let it all out I think I completely agree it's just one of those moments where you kind of just collectively get to let out the frustration of the season more than anything as well um, you just kind of get to vocalise that in this one just magical moment uh, in, in all honesty uh, Julian I'll come to you um, the funniest thing about that head that golf Madison is at that point of the game, in terms of our top four hopes, we were around 44% in terms of you know our probability of getting top four. So that header, that goal from Allison, boosted us to 74% in terms of probability for qualifying for uh, for the Champions League next season. It just shows how important <laughs> that moment is more than anything. Yeah, it was it was a proper important moment. Um, while I was watching the game, there were moments that we had obviously to obviously get a goal before that and it just didn't happen and that's kind of been a theme of Liverpool's season to be honest I'm not actually let me not say season because there was a period between I'll say January and March 
um, early March where we wasn't even creating. We, we just looked shit. Um, but yeah, we haven't been finishing our dinners. And then it, it, when it got to like the 94th minute, I was like, yeah, 93rd to 80. I was like, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. I expected this, not expected this, but disappointment was on the horizon from when we wasn't finishing our chances. So all, all hope was gone out the window. But we kept pushing, we kept pushing, which seemed very positive. Kept getting corners. Um, shout out, shout out to Fahi as well. For, for for his tweet when he's like, oh, I don't know why we get set pieces when there's not when we have no aerial threats at all just before Allison scored, and even when Allison was running up, you know you like obviously we've watched football for for God knows how many years, it always happens at the end of the game where a team get a corner, you see the keeper, ah, oh, try to get the signal and he just starts running up and then you're thinking in my head I was personally like, I was watching it with my girlfriend as well and I I think I even said like oh like what the fuck what like. Like, oh, like so frustrating. The fact that oh, he's, like, oh, he's running up like he's gonna do something. Like at most, I was expecting him to cause disruption in the box. You know, as as a big six foot whatever goalkeeper would. But the fact that like West Brom let, left him completely unattended just goes to show. You know, they had the same thinking as us. Like uh, same thing as me. What like what are you gonna do? The way he took that header, my God! Like that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um. Honestly, the the technique, the way he dropped, the way the way you know he turned his head, uh, it, like even in the what's it called, even in the um, interview post match inter- um, post match interview after he was like, they asked him, do you, do you, do you, did did you practice that in training? He's like, yeah, sometimes you know, like we in training and we just be joking about. It. And I, I I understand that because there's a lot of things that happen in training that you probably think yeah that's not happening in the game, but this was definitely one of those. Um, I was so so happy to see. Um, Allison get a goal. H- how emotional he was with the year that he's had as well with his um, father passing away um, was, yeah, it just felt like if anyone deserved a goal, as crazy as it sounds, from the year and season we've had, it was Allison. And Allison, for, for, for that goal to probably be what potentially saves us um, in terms of our um, Champions League pursuit and gets us into the Champions League next year, yeah, man, it's completely deserved, bruv. Like, praise Jesus, man, because Allison always does as well. And, you know, like, it was well-deserved, well-well-deserved. The way, and also what, what tops off was the way, like, Salah literally just put his hands up before they got, before he even hit the net. Like, yep. everyone just ran, everyone bar, you know, one um, Dutch brother that's going to be leaving this summer ran yeah, straight yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was, yeah, we'll get to that, we'll get to the what. Yeah, man, it was honestly a high, probably my highlight of the season. So happy it was Alisson that scored. And yeah, man, Liverpool keep making history with these weird and crazy moments that we always have in football. So love it. Absolutely love it. And just to echo what um, Mush and Julian said, I don't think it could have happened to a better person. Like, we all know what Alisson has gone through this season. Yes, sorry. Yeah, Golden scored. Yeah, Golden just scored. That um, but um, yeah, it couldn't have happened to a better person. And his post-match interview almost led me to tears, like, just seeing him say he wished his father was here to see him. Um, his father would have loved to watch that go in, and his father would have been celebrating along with him. He hasn't been able to go back and see his family in Brazil over this whole period because of COVID. So I can't imagine how much that's affected him and how that has played a part in him personally and on the field. But for that to be his defining moment of the season, regardless of the mistakes that he's had, regardless of the bad passes that he's had, the saves that he's had, regardless of everything, that sums up Alisson as a whole. He's just someone that is able to dig you out. Regardless, I don't want to say in an attacking sense because that's only going to happen maybe once, but 
he's someone that is able to be a match winner for you, and I'm so happy with him. And no, also, I know Salah did celebrate when that goal got disallowed, so shout out Salah as well. And, and I think, I think also, also, Marco, just to add to that, I think a big thing that like we've learned from this season is that we as fans, right, like we are emotionally invested, but we don't we don't empathise enough for, for what these players go through. Like you're talking about being happy for Alisson and I definitely am. But then I also think like we, we're talking about Alisson and the rawness of what he's going through. But I'm like, if I was Jurgen Klopp, I'm still trying to process the loss of my mother. Do you get what I mean? I'm, if I'm, if I'm like Mane or, or, and I've had long COVID, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get over those things. Like we, we have been so desensitized to the human aspect of, of what these players have gone through as well that it felt like that celebration was a release of everything. Like Chris said, like literally every, on-pitch and off-pitch element that these players have endured, that even us fans, we don't deserve to say that we've gone through on a footballing yeah. sense yeah. at least. Yeah, to your point, Moshe, that's true, man. Like, uh, as harsh as we are, as and also I am as well on them, um, this season has been tough, man. Like, um, a lot of these players, for example, even as much as I've just been getting onto Gene, like, not being able to see their family because they live abroad, um, a lot of these players... Even losing um, big, big, um, big, big characters in the in the dressing room with um, Van Dyke, Henderson, uh, Gomez. Um, I don't know if Gomez is a big character, but you know, in terms of being the centre back, he's a mainstay in the side. Being out for long periods of time in the season, uh, yeah, it's, it's been tough. Joe, are uh, the guy that's actually gave you a kick up the bum when things were looking down, uh, was out for what two two months. It was tough. It was really, really tough. And um, mentally, even Salah said after the United game. Um, you know, we we have we, we have something to fight for, and we need to. This season has been disappointing, and you know, we need to we need to pull ourselves up and 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 and, and finish off for the fans, and they did. So yeah, man, um, well done to them, and well done to Allison as well, uh, of course, for getting the goal. But well done to them for kind of saving our top four hopes because it was looking very very hopeless for about the for 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 a hot minute. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I think. I think I think Mark said it. Earlier. I think actually you said it earlier on Julian that you know when kind of Trent cut in, hit that shot, it went ballooning over the bar. I was thinking, okay, cool, that's the moment. It's, it's definitely gone. But yeah, you guys have kind of talked about it all in, in, in the best way possible. Really, um, it's it's a fantastic moment for Allison. Um, it's a fantastic moment for the team as well to kind of be able to shower him with that love that he's been he's been he's been needing. And he can kind of have that wave go oh, over him. And also. And also, just 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 to finish off and be petty, I, I absolutely loved um, Sam Allardyce's post-match interview. You can hear the gravy spitting out of his mouth. It was amazing to just like like see him so upset, so rattled, so angry. Go 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 get another job somewhere else and go try. I don't know, bro. I don't know where the fuck he's gonna go. You might mention Qatar on the Patreon. Of course, sign up to the Patreon if you can uh, for more post-match content. But yeah, man, like yeah, fuck off, Big Sam. In it, like we like yeah, you, you try to do you try to you try to do a thing. It didn't work. Our keeper came out, banged the goal against you, and now you're spitting gravy in the post-match interview. Steaming. So, yeah, fuck you, bruv. Pussy. <laughs> no, Julian, <laughs> couldn't agree more. Hey, honestly, he's such a bitter bastard in that post-match interview. Um, I, uh, I'll quickly touch on the fact that they had the goal disallowed. I'm not too sure what people are kind of going on about it being disallowed. Um, you know, in, in the rule book, the guy's literally right in front of Allison's line of view. So... What can you yeah. say? It was, it's a harsh decision, but harsh decisions happen all the time. We've had our own share of harsh decisions. Mane gets yeah. everything. 
Van Dyke getting injured and no one getting a card for that. Um, Thiago getting injured, no one getting a card for that either. Like, we've had our own share of hard decisions, so I don't really care what opposition fans say, man. We've had our first lucky break in week 36 of the bloody yeah, break. Man. I don't want to hear it about, you know, this ain't, this ain't penalty, penalty pool FC anymore, man. We, we needed something like this and we got it and it happened to be this moment. That's it. And what a moment it was. Um, hopefully there's two more fantastic moments like it with the two games we have remaining for this season. Um, continuing the trend of uh, fantastic players we've got at Liverpool Football Club, this man you are seeing at the bottom of your screen on the ticker right now, Thiago Alcantara. The past four games for Liverpool, and the past two especially, are probably some of the best midfield play I have seen from someone in a Liverpool shirt for a long, long time. Absolutely imperious, um, so silky, so smooth on the ball. He's pressing, he's winning the ball back, and some of the passes he's been playing are just absolutely scintillating. And to think um, that fans, clueless fans, clueless pundits were saying that he is one of the reasons that Liverpool um, have gone back in form. And a one certain Coppen member as well. I believe it might be too, but let's only stick with the well, one. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to address them today. They'll get their pamins at the end of the season. Don't you don't don't you worry about that. Um, that'll be uh, an exclusive Patreon flogging. <laughs> so uh, don't worry about that. But Julian, I'll come back to you on this. Um, Thiago, he's just he's just fantastic playing these past two games. He's finishing the season off strong, and you know the calibre of playing we're seeing right now and the influence he's having on the games. Do you think we're seeing kind of his final form right now and this is the kind of player we can expect to heading into next season? Do you know what's weird about um, us praising Thiago? I kind of... Don't get don't get me wrong. He's had some games where I'm like, whoa, like this, this is looking scary. But I kind of feel like he's always been the player that he's been since we bought him. Um started well against Chelsea. You saw the quality against Chelsea when he came off the bench. Leaps and bounds ahead any midfielder we've seen at Liverpool for what, the past 10 years, I would say. Um, in terms of like the performance, in terms of like the quality, you know, the type of player that we're getting. But um, I definitely felt like the Klopp tinkering with the with the midfield too many times in terms of Fabinho being being out um out of the midfield and him having no actual DM to kind of make to kind of make make up for what he for for some of the things that he, he doesn't do on a on a you know for the full ninety minutes. So stuff like tackling, um, you know, regaining possession. Uh but now like as we've seen with literally since Fabinho's been dropped back into midfield in the sixth role, he's becoming the player that not becoming he is Performing like the player that we've bought and that we've that we've had so much hype around that is so regarded. It's that's in such high regard around Europe, and I think it's I think it's I think it's yeah I, I get it. You know, people have never seen Thiago before or want to want to drop agendas. Um, some of these pundits, to be fair, it just goes to show that they don't know the type of player that we had in our hands when we bought him. Um, Agreed. We're just we're just wrong. We're just absolutely wrong. Um, He's not, uh, to be honest, I don't know, I've said it before on, uh, on on the main pod, the main touchline pod and on this pod, I'm, I'm not expecting a, a Steven Gerrard or Bruno Fernandes type of player where he's going to take the ball, uh, run up the field, smash it top bin or like get a mad assist and, you know, no, nah, like I'm, I'm expecting a player to do what he, do, expecting, sorry, Thiago to do what he'd done against, against West Brom and that's c- contain the ball, progress play, um, progress play in a, in the, in a positive way. 
And I don't think a lot of pundits, especially because we've been so so successful over the last couple of years, are so used to the type of player Thiago is that, or the type of midfielder that it, that he is at Liverpool. They're expecting him to just you know do the dirty work, cover the fullbacks, and you know you know not not be involved in any of the build up in, in any of the build up play, which is absolutely ridiculous. And Klopp has to take some um, Klopp, has, Klopp has to take some responsibility for this because he never put him in the best position sometimes and also sometimes he I, I don't know if this was in, by instruction but never allowed him to express the, to express himself the way he is over the, the way he has been over the last couple of weeks so yeah man Thiago reaching his, um, like his final form no he's just been the player that he's always been but you know he just has the right pieces around him to get to get out Mark, I'll come to you. I'll come to you on kind of what Julian said there. Um, you, you look at the masterclass uh, he put on against West Brom uh, at the weekend. Um, do you think that's just always been there? Um, and if it's been helped, unlocked, the fact he's kind of playing within a kind of stable midfield now with Fabinho alongside him, and it's replicating what he had at Bayern Munich, where he's kind of in that two uh, system with Goretzka. Yeah, um, to add on to what Julian said, yeah, I feel like Fab moving back into the midfield was so crucial for him. Um, having someone that is able to do the dirty work, and this has been one of my theories about Thiago for quite some time. Like, you already know what we say in the Copping group chat, but certain light and some of our listeners have been saying stuff like, we need someone that can get around Thiago and do the dirty work for him. Playing football and people that do play football, you know, once you run yourself into the ground and then you try and look up and pick a pass, most of the time most of the time your legs don't do what your brain is telling it to do. And that still applies to professional footballers. They just do it at a higher level where they may be a bit fitter than us. They may be a bit more technically gifted than us. But naturally, if you're running around and then you try and pick an intricate pass, you're not going to be able to do it at the same level as when you're fully rested. So ideally, I've always wanted somebody that would be able to do the dirty work for Thiago and then he would be able to pick up the ball wherever he wants and then dictate play on that basis. And there were two magnificent passes that probably gone under the radar from Thiago over the last weekend. And one was the one where he sprayed it onto Robbo's chest. It was like a crossfield pass diagonal right into Robbo's path. Robbo chested it down. We almost scored from that, I think. Um... There was an opportunity of it being an on goal. Someone literally slid in front of Mane and it went by the side of the post. And there was one that was absolutely ridiculous. And it's a very, very small pass in terms of the actual gameplay. But he picked up the ball from Allison and then he whipped it into Bobby, into the opposition half. But it was like a 50-yard pass along the floor that literally took out five, six players. But no pundit or no recognised speaker of football is going to really mention stuff like that but that is what Thiago does to you he's someone that can open up passes and play really intricate passes through the lines to take people out of the game and that has been something that we've seen regardless of how well he's been playing or who's been around him he's always been he's always had that ability um I also remember mentioning that I don't think a lot of our players have the IQ that would match Thiago's passing ability because they're not picking up certain spaces. That was earlier on in the season. And now it seems Um, yeah, For me personally, there was a game where it was, I think, Bobby and Shaq playing in a 4-2-3-1 and Thiago playing just behind. And you could see Bobby and Thiago getting into spaces. 
Salah and Mane weren't just there yet, the moment, just because they hadn't played with Thiago long enough. Now you can see over basically playing for a whole season, people have started to adjust to the way Thiago plays. Um, I'm not too sure if you guys would have watched the Rashford and Rooney, um, Rashford, Rooney and Rio Ferdinand little interview where Rashford said, when Bruno gets on the ball, I'm going to make a run regardless if he's seen me or not because I know he could play that pass. And that's exactly the type of play that we have in Thiago. Regardless of if he sees you or not, he knows where you are to be able to play that pass. And at the moment, Sorry, prior to Thiago, we didn't really have that many type of ball players in the midfield where it forces a player to make a run because you know that player has the ability to find you. And Thiago being so intelligent, Thiago being such a great executor of passes, it should open up so many avenues for us next season. Um, and I feel like one person is really, really going to benefit from this is Jones. I feel like Jones is going to be able to learn under Thiago. And Jones is quite high IQ, high IQ already in terms of the positions he picks up and I liked the way he played in tandem with Thiago over the last weekend and I feel like he would pick up so much experience from Thiago and fold well for us going forward. Isn't it crazy that we're probably potentially going to have two midfielders that actually want to pass forward next season playing? It's wild, isn't it? Absolutely wild because what what I'm used to, you can just tell even with what Marco was saying um, that these players they aren't they aren't used to having someone in the middle that's going to make going to make those passes like those passes that actually cut cut a defense in half or try to you know progress play. But now it's just it's just nice to see. It's nice to see. It's just nice to see, man. I think I, I think you definitely see starting to see what Thiago was brought in for in terms of having that controlling influence on games and and, and Mush, I'll come to you on this. Um, in terms of the evolution of Liverpool, how Liverpool play. Um, there was definitely a plan for this season in terms of you know having a bit more of a controlled midfield dominant game um, going forward, uh, and you can possibly see why Basuma is a big target for Liverpool going into the summer as well in terms of you know having someone who can kind of clean up Thiago's, clean up the space around Thiago and do a lot of the, the legwork so he's got more room to operate. Um, in, in that controlling nature, uh, do, do you see us kind of do you see him for next season be more of the conductor? Um, for this Liverpool team and taking that kind of responsibility away from the fullbacks as we've kind of become accustomed to in the past few years? Yeah, and, and I think there are various reasons as to why that is. And I think the first one would be Klopp is now doing what Pep did a lot earlier in the season, I think, and that is playing in a style that is less energy consumption and more control, um, not as exciting but more efficient. And, and we yep. saw City enjoy the fruits of that. And it was an intelligent move considering how congested the season was. And I think the reason why that carries over well into next season is because you've got a Euros um, where, again, you're going to have little gap followed by a World Cup coming in the, um, in the calendar afterwards. So it's another crammed season. So luckily, the adaptations we've made, yeah, it shouldn't take an entire season to work out what the formula is. But I think we've we've struck... We finally struck the right note with um, how we should approach games, I think. And, um, yeah, the, the stuff that the guys are saying about Thiago is, is spot on. I think Thiago's been building up to this for ages. If we remember, he was fantastic against Arsenal away. He was fantastic against... <clears throat> I mean, he, for, for the reason why he was not in that starting lineup against Madrid is a mystery to all of us. And Still makes no sense. 
Yeah, we we know who who played instead, and and we we've seen the benefit. Yeah, we've seen the benefit from that. So, yeah, man. Um, I, I think I agree with Julian completely. When we're talking about Thiago here, we're not talking about a player who, like Pogba with Man United, the symbolism isn't you've broken the bank to revolutionise your whole team. You're looking at a player who you you brought to add another role and add another part of quality. So. Yeah, I just want Thiago to be that, man. There's going to be games where it's got to, got to be a Hando and Fab assignment. There's going to be games like Julian and Marco have said where you need high IQ, maybe more creative players. But yeah, it's just another string added to a bow of variety that we need in that midfield, man. And we've got to remember, it's not like he's a 22, 23-year-old player. He's he's a 30-year-old midfielder who you know has accomplished pretty much everything in his career. And he chose to come to Liverpool because the project that's in front of him the plays he's around is what's most appealing to him in this moment in this stage of his career. That's that's what I respect about that's what I respect about this move because I can definitely tell from Thiago uh, coming from Bayern Munich. He literally, he literally said, "I'm not gonna lie, I'm not here to you know fall in love with the fans and all them things." Then maybe he might, you know, because we're Liverpool, so we're a special club, so he might. But I genuinely feel like he knows, like, yeah, like I want to, I actually want to challenge myself after bumming it out in La Liga for like what seven years. Um, compared to when he was at Barcelona um, and there was a challenge for him. So, yeah, this Liverpool team, I'm not going to say it's, it, it was the, it's the perfect fit for him because that still remains to be seen with um, our, uh, uh, you know, mainstay players coming back. But I respect him, Thiago, He's definitely ro- risen up to the challenge. He's not let stupid pundits that, you know, don't watch football outside of England um, try to get him down by saying, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that and change his game. Um, so he can play more like a more like a Milner or Wijnaldum. He's actually like saying, "No, nah, fuck that." I'm being Thiago, like, bro. I've got Champions Leagues and, and league titles under my belt. I play yeah, for the best. I, 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 I was literally, like, I was literally the best player in a Champions League final that happened not a year ago. Yeah, like, like, relax, like, like, let me do my thing, and then you, man, will see my thing eventually because you're not like I'm not one of these guys that's on that's that's in that's that's in England, and it's true. He's proven it. He's proven it. Uh, proven it over the last couple, uh, last couple of months. Actually, not even the last couple of weeks. The last couple of months. Um, it's it, it's actually embarrassing that even some Liverpool fans even started to believe it as well. That you know he's not he's not a quality quality midfielder. Yes, yeah, man. Like more more part of him. I hope next season he he kicks on even more and like uh, we we see the the Jugador season that we that we know he can bring us. Honestly, 100%. I remember saying I wanted to see a midfield. A theoretical midfield of Thiago, Naby, and Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> With Naby probably not sticking around for the next season. Thiago, um, Naby, and Jones. When that midfield gets <laughs> run through like a sieve, yeah? Don't come back <laughs> to us and tell us how that went. Honestly, I just wanted to see it in terms of. Um, the who, who's, doing, who's, doing, who's doing the defensive work there? Marco just the wants vibes, Chris. Marco wants vibes. I want vibes, man. I want to see vibes. I want to see at least. Do you know what I was like? Vibes. Do you know what I was like? Remember when when we when we kept asking for what was the midfield? The Ox and Cater midfield. Yeah. Oh my God. And then we finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no, no. Okay. Yeah. I hear it. We won the game, but I, I cop chill, chill. Because I remember asking for it for time, being like, yo. We need Fab Ox Cater, Fab Ox Cater, thinking it was going to bang. And I think we played against, was it was it Salzburg or who was it? It was, that, um, Bruges. It, 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 yeah, it was that Champions League game away at Bruges. And oh, Ox God. actually, Ox played all right. But yeah, you looked, at, you, you, you looked 
he scored, yeah, he scored that mad goal. But if you looked at that kind of like their, their covering and their positioning on the pitch, ah, they're both taking up the exact same positions. They weren't in the areas they were supposed to be, and you're looking and thinking, this is utter chaos, and uh, not in a good way. <laughs> so no, it was utter chaos. Like we was so so leaky at the back, and I don't know how we won the game to be honest, because we got absolutely pammed. But yeah, man, like I'm not on invent. Like I understand Klopp's madness sometimes because it's needed. Like you can't have. I, I, to be honest, next season I probably maybe I would love to see at least once, but I don't want to see Thiago um, Jones and the Fab midfield because that seems like suicide. Or maybe, or maybe not. I feel maybe. like it works really well at West Brom, and I feel like Jones is very, very underrated in the defensive aspect. I feel like he puts in a lot more work than Ox and Kato defensively. I feel like his um, discipline is a lot better. His covering of space is a lot better. Even when he plays on the right, he tends to cover Trent as well, which is unseen for a player of that age to have that maturity. Um, I do want to... No, I think I'm starting out for this player for ages. I want our in it. Like, if we get our linked up with Thiago and Thiago mentoring our and Jones moving forward, I think those two players will turn into that craziest midfield duo that we've ever seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marco, please. Yeah, you always need a, you always need a crazy Marco shout. You always need a crazy. Look, look, I need I need to apologize to Marco anyway because I have. Oh, don't 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 do it. Do it. Do it. Not yet. Not yet. Next week. I can't. I can't. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I can't. I can't. Next week. Thank you very much. You know me. You know I'm extremely superstitious about these things. We're saving this. Thank you for that, Chris. You are correct. Yeah, no problem. I have to say, I, have to say, I, you know, I got, I got to save, save the thing there. Um, yeah, the, the, the Thiago thing, it kind of looks like all the guys are kind of look like they're used to playing with this world-class midfielder because there was a, there was some periods, like Julian said, where people were trying to take him to the right positions. And they were looking at it thinking, he plays for us. It's a bit mad, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what goes on for next season. I want to turn the conversation on to, to this man right here. Uh, the star boy to end all star boys, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And in terms of 2021 for Liverpool players, I probably say, bar Mohamed Salah, he's been Liverpool's best player. Um, and you've been seeing it for the past two games. We did the fight card, me and Ellis, last week. And for some reason, that pagan Tobes uh, said that uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka uh, had, uh, has had a better season than Trent Alexander-Arnold. The universe is punishing him anyway, so it's fine, man. Don't yeah, worry. It's true. It, it, at this point, he might end up with Hodgson as his manager next season. So let's see how that goes. Um... <laughs> The, the the whole narrative that's been surrounding Trent this season in terms of his defending, um, it's just apparent that many people, much like Gareth Southgate, who was at these games, and I'm pretty sure he's at these games just for a free meal at this point because he's not watching the fucking football. Um, <laughs> as obviously Dave, David Ornstein reported kind of earlier this week um, that it's still more than likely the Trent will be going to the Euros uh, this summer, uh, to which I say thank you, uh, Mr Southgate, because he could probably do with the summer off, in all honesty. And his endeavours for Liverpool are more important than his endeavours for England. So thank you very much for that, sir, even though you are a school duggery idiot. Um, who wants to start the conversation? Because Trent, honestly... Um, should I be the best? Listen, yeah, Trent, star boy. I'm, I'm going to start with love. 
amazing, 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 amazing talent. One of the best talents I've seen ever come out of Liverpool's academy. But it's not saying much because we've been starving. But that's 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 just another that's for another day. But <sighs> gotta be honest. Um, the last couple of games, he's been great. Um, I saw him gripping up Pogba at OT, which was a bit amazing to see. Start starboying as he usually does, making amazing crosses as as he as he as he usually does. You're always finding the players as he usually does because he's technically clear. But the defensive side, for me personally, is still still leaves still leaves a bit to be desired. And as much as I enjoy dunking on Gareth Southgate um, as England manager, because I believe he is a piss poor manager. Um, I understand his. Don't get me wrong, because wait, don't get me wrong though, because of the the pool of talent England have at right back, Trent should be there automatically. And the fact that there's even this, still a bit of some oomen and ahhing about, oh, I don't know about Trent. Uh, you know, I know I know he's a great player, but I don't know if I, you know, if I want to like it's stupid compared to what we have at right back. But again, there's still uh, defensively there's still a lot to be a lot a, a lot to be left desired. Uh, if I'm, uh, if I'm, can I Before I start, before I start, before I start, before, before I let you start, if 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 you're asking me with my objective neutral hat on this summer and from seeing him from seeing him play at play at, play with England as well this summer, I can't lie to you. If I'm Gareth Southgate, I I understand his hesitance to play Trent in his system because Trent works great for us because you know we have. You know we have a system where cent- um, centre mids can cover can cover him when he's bombing forward. Um, he can also apply pressure aggressively with the with the right wingers that we have because of our gang and press, and he's able to recover the ball back well to kind of do his madness and uh, and you know and contribute offensively. But with England, and this is not only this is literally the only grab I have with England. I can understand there being parts like moment parts of his game. That are not going to be needed because let's be real, it's Trent. It, for how long have we watched England for all of our lives? Do we do we really have are, are the wingers really creative outlets um, for 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 us to create? Um, are even wingbacks even creative outlets for us to create? I don't think so. Um, his thinking with bringing Shaw is because Shaw is proper sound defensively and can get in front offensively. The same with James. Um, is he though, or does he have PMP? Who sure? Yeah, is he sound defensively, or does he have PMP? No, no, he's sound. Let's be real, like, come on, like, yeah. I know we shot. I know we shot on him oh. since he's come United, but this season he's been he's been amazing. I, I know he got he got pissed on um, by us when we, when we came to OT, but he is very sound defensively. I'll give him that this <laughs> season. But <laughs> he, got, Trent, he got run up he got run up on by Trent, which was the which is the funny thing. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, he got <laughs> yeah, he, he got brushed on the mains. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he got washed on the mains. But again, this season is it, 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 it left a lot to be desired because there's qualities that Trent bring to the team that I will never ever underestimate. But again, defensively, he could be a liability, man. He could be, and I'm not gonna just bypass that because he's a Liverpool player. Okay, um, I was itching to jump in there. So, I've always had this issue with opposition fans downplaying Trent's defensive ability because they've seen him get skinned a few times. And yes, he was getting skinned when he first got came into the league. Oh, um, a few times, he gets skinned. Uh, yeah, let's say a lot. But if you want to say a lot, then the dribble passed by Pereira 
on the weekend was the first time he's got dribble pass in two months. And he's been playing in two months, like consistently over that two-month period. So when a player is not getting dribble pass, and if we compare that to someone who is in most people's play of the season, Cancelo, Cancelo gets dribble pass 1.5 times every game. Trent gets dribble pass 0.6 times every game. But what is with Trent is he doesn't have the PMP to get back. So when he does get skinned, it looks really, really bad. Like he is out of the game when he gets skinned. And for someone that is so great attacking-wise, his defensive ability doesn't match up. Defensively, I think Cancelo is quite on par with his attacking aspects, if you know what I mean. There's no difference between his attacking and going forwards. Defensively, he makes quite good challenges. Attacking-wise, he's able to play the ball quite well. Trent's attacking ability is so high and he sets the bar so high for himself that I don't think he could match himself defensively because it is so hard to measure that ability, that ball-striking ability in the defensive aspect. Um, In terms of defensively over the past two games, and especially this season, I think this has been Trent's best defensive season. I've seen loads of games of him in the Champions League where he's looked absolutely great covering over. Um, As I mentioned, post pre-pod, the covering over for Habrobson Carney's chance where he ended up in left-back, and that's something he's been doing consistently throughout the season, covering over when, especially the inexperienced centre-backs that he's next to, and we need to bear that in mind, very, very inexperienced centre-backs. Prop, centre-back. He's able to cover over for them, and he's able to make them look not as bad. Normally, we're talking about, oh, yeah, you know what, the centre-backs are making Trent look good because they're able to cover over. This whole season, since Van Dijk and Gomez have gone out, is Trent making the centre-backs look good with his defensive ability. And at the same time, he's also carrying us forward. And if you want to take away from the um, tangibles and talk about intangibles, his leadership ability, especially shown in the past two games, has been ridiculous. Like, Trent looks like he's upped his pace ever since he got dropped and ever since he's come back from injury. It looks like he's got a new fire in him. It looks like he's driving the team forward. It looks like he's ready to take any responsibility by the scruff of his neck. In a bad season, he's got seven assists and two goals. More than any other defender, you know. And we've played shit. Like, we have played absolutely pants. Trent should not have those assist numbers. Ideally, he could have more assist numbers. How many times has Trent put a, a ball on the plate for someone and they fuck up? But Trent has still been consistent throughout. Yes, his defensive ability isn't the greatest. I'm not going to say he's up there with Cancelos, the Kyle Walkers, and so on and so forth. But... He isn't too far behind, and a lot of people downplay that. I think Reese James is a worse defender than Trent, but I think Reese James has more PMP yeah, to cover yeah, himself. Yeah. So he's able to get him, bail himself out of those situations by himself, where in Trent's aspect, he needs somebody to bail him out. And that's where it gets techie. That's where it becomes an issue of um, what does Trent need to do going forward to improve himself defensively. I think defensively, IQ-wise, He's improved himself over this season, especially playing with less experienced centre-backs. He's been forced to do that. And we should see the best of Trent going forward when he's playing next to a Canate, or Gomez or Van Dijk. But I think Southgate would get it wrong if he goes without Trent to the, to the Euros. I think, personally, you could play Reese James as a right-sided centre-back. You could play Walker as a right-sided centre-back who would cover over for Trent. Trent going forward is so amazing. With somebody like Harry Kane, who is an absolute beast of a striker in the box, having Trent that can deliver a ball the way he does around Harry Kane would be
be magnificent, even if it is only for 30 minutes. Just having Trent being able to deliver a ball for someone whose movement is that Harry Kane's, whose finishing ability is that Harry Kane's. They also have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's great in the air, who Trent would love to play with. And yeah, he's an up, but he is a magnificent footballer going forward in the air anyway. And in and around the box, he's able to snap up loads of chances. So I think there's ways to negate Trent's perceived lack of defensive ability by playing Walker, by playing Reese James as a right side of centre-back. And personally, I don't think England centre-backs are the greatest or the centre-backs he's been rumoured to take are the greatest. So why not slot in a right-back that can also play as a centre-back in there and then play your best, well, England's best right-back in his role as a wing-back without the defensive liability, so without the defensive responsibility, and he won't be a liability going backwards. Just let him go forward. Well, you're trying to see five at the back for England? Um, they normally play three at the back with wing-backs. So I would go... Maguire on Maguire in the middle. I wouldn't start Maguire personally, but I know he's going to start. I'll go Jones on the left, play Stones on the left, and I would play Walker or Reese James as the right side of centre back, and afford Trent that ability to go forward on the right. I would start Chilwell on the left as the left. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, we're not making out the hood, man. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not making out the hood. What do you think I'm wearing a Nigeria shirt? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, I can see both sides of it, to be fair. Um, I think the one thing, especially with tournament football, is, like Mark said, we've been trying to answer for about 30 minutes. It's about, it's about creating moments. Um, and Trent can, can create moments, as we see, you know, from whether it be from a set-piece delivery or from rudimenting of get rudimenting up the pitch. Um also think an England partnership of Sancho and uh Trent would be quite tasty to see. Um Mush, Trent, for you. Um kind of focusing more on the twenty twenty one side of things and mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of recent upturn in form since there. Um has he has he impressed you with kind of his maturity more than anything kind of in the second half of the season dealing with the issues that have been going on around him from from the centre back and kind of with the rotating midfield cast as well yeah man and and I think this is the one thing that hasn't been touched on which is our complaint um when Trent was at his worst and credit to him um signifies his important to our importance to us because that's when we were at our worst as well was that our main complaint was that Trent wasn't thinking about what he was doing. He was getting the ball out of his feet and whipping it into a box, whether there was anyone there or not, whether there was any need or not. 
Now, suddenly, every time Trent gets the ball, it can be whipped into feet. Sometimes it's short. Whereas it felt like the only ball Trent had before was down the line. So it's almost like that thing we used to love about Trent in the last two seasons, which was almost conducting the play from from a wide position. You're seeing that again from the variety. And, and it's helping the other conversations we've had. That thing we're talking about, Thiago. Thiago's being helped because now Trent, rather than Thiago thinking this guy's just going to get the ball and lump it down the line to Salah, he knows that he can get he can grab it off Trent if he wants, and and I think that that deserves massive credit. I mean, it Trent was this country's got this weird culture of like if a player's doing too well, they almost have this weird lust for seeing a player's downfall. So it, it takes it takes a lot for a 21, 22 year old to overcome that. Um, and and credit to him and the people around him for for helping him kind of do that. So I would really want um, him to top this kind of end of season off with with some final contributions and being the definitive man, almost kind of like how Alisson got his moment to be the kind of carrier of the team into the last kind of six points, hopefully hopefully if we can get them. Completely agree. Um, Yeah, you kind of look at people who kind of, personified and kind of re-help Liverpool rebuild their season towards this latter end of the campaign as he's been one of the elder statesmen even though he's kind of you know 22 years old which is pretty remarkable um, and hopefully he kind of just gave moments to kind of solidify the top four race um, in these two final games uh, I actually do think he'd have a lot more assists as well if um, we weren't so bad just generally finishing uh, at dinner which is well it's not even that I just think it's just you look at some of the balls he plays into, like some of the balls he's playing into, kind of like Mane, some of the switch passes too. Um, they just should have ended up in the, in, the, in the back of the net, or he's done the pass before the the pass before the final pass as well. So it's just it's it's just interesting um, with, with Trent. Um, I'm going to move on to the next part. That we're going to talk about, and I just want to do a quick fire on this. It is literally all or nothing now for Liverpool's Champions League for league, league hopes, and the important thing at this moment in time is it is literally in our own hands we control our own destiny from now going forward we're not you know we were having this conversation a week ago it was in everyone else's hands in terms of how the dominoes fell and thankfully the dominoes have fell in the right way and we've you know followed it followed it up in the best possible fashion as well we're literally recording this as soon as Leicester and uh, Chelsea are playing their game now so the outcome of that game again is the domino effect as to how we kind of approach the rest of the season. But the approach for the rest of the season is simple. If you win both your games, you get Champions League football for next year. I was going to quickly do a round robin and see what you think. Mark, I'm not even going to bother because I know it's a yes. Mystic Mark. Last week's pod aptly named Mystic Marco. Um, and he's done well. He's done well. Gineppo shout aside, he's done very well. <laughs> wait, wait. If you're going to mention the Gineppo shout, you have to mention everybody contained in the Gineppo shout. You need to mention ASM. You need to mention Rafina. You need to mention the other people. We've, 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 not, we've not got time for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Mark, we, we fully, we're fully aware that you, you think we're going to get top four. Um, yep. To, to uh, a very bold, bold shout at the time. And, you know... Um, Bold shout is one of the things that you do very well, and we love you for it. Um, Mush, how are you feeling about it? Man, (laughs) Um, it's crazy because 
we have like a unique pressure. Or I think all three teams fighting for this have like crazy pressure in different ways. We've got pressure of like we have been given this god-given like undeserving gift of Champions League, like you say, with very winnable fixtures. So it's almost inexcusable for us not to win them and then do our bit. Leicester don't want a second season running of being in the top four all season and falling out. Chelsea don't want to end up in a position where from going from two finals and a Champions League final to not even having Champions League football. So I think of the three teams, we have the least pressure. So I think we're going to do it because we can kind of slip in the background and just get the job done. So I'm going to say us because, my God, if, if if you watch this sport and moments like the Alisson goal don't give you some fake myth, fake, like, you know, fairy tale passionate belief, then stop watching the sport. You know what I mean? I, I'm fully believing at least that we can do it. Let's see if it happens. Yeah, um, you look at it, the pure passion of that moment is literally everything that you kind of personify football to be. It's the romance. It's the romance of it. It's it's everything it means to the, the players and the fans. Um, they just need to do everything in their power to make sure that what we witnessed, that, that, the the miracle of the Hawthorns, if it was an Americanized version of it, um, <laughs> wasn't in vain. Really, um, Julian, I'll come to you. How are you feeling about top four at the moment? Are, are, you, are you fairly calm? Do you think? Do you have a, a lot of confidence that the, the, the boys will get the business done? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's, this is in stark contrast to probably when I was last on the podcast, but I think I even said on one of the patrons, um, I can't believe that we're actually in with the, with the season in twenty twenty one that we've had. We're actually still in contention for the top four and to the point where on the last two games it's looking like not even looking like we are in the driver's seat to 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 get top four um I've looked at the other fixtures as well Leicester both Leicester and both Leicester and Chelsea to be fair don't have easy games I think uh Leicester's Leicester's last two games are Chelsea away which is happening now um they've got Spurs last game game. even though Spurs are a bit rubbish um yeah, you're trying and, and Kane's trying to get the golden boots. So Harry Cole's farewell game and you're trying to get the golden boots, so let's see what happens there. And also um less uh, Chelsea against Aston Villa as well, um on their last day of the season. That's probably to be honest with fans and um Grealish, you know, getting back to form, I I, I would hope. I, 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 um, I, I, I've been saying it. That that game away in Birmingham with ten thousand screaming Brummies. That's not that's not a barrel of laughs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the fans thing is the only thing that's going to change it because Villa have been absolutely dreadful since the turn. Of the year. So since yeah, since Grealish got injured, they have been they've been poor. Yeah. yeah so, so I think fan fan power is the only thing that will that will stop. And also important to remember, Chelsea have a Champions League final the week after. So are they exactly. really going to risk everyone? Like it's such a like they have so many things to consider. I think Chelsea might bottle it just from the amount of inexperience in their team and Tuchel's inexperience as well in the Prem. So. Well, he's he was, you got to think about it. He was literally, I say, it's a different scenario, but he was in this position with PSG last season where you know he was in a final um, in, in the Champions League. So it might be one where he does kind of overthink it, um, mm. which is going to be interesting to see. But no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Really, um, I think it's. Everything is stacked in our favour. 
um, and you know you do control your, your own destiny. It's like those books you used to read when you were a kid, where you can kind of choose your own adventure. Uh, that has been literally the, the story of this season. We've chosen our own adventure, and for some reason we've ended up in like sixteen different fires. Um, <laughs> just, 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 just if we end up in a. We end up in the maddest locations, Mark. Do, do, do you know what our season is like? Do you know, you know when you're playing Pokemon and you're walking through the grass and you you just want a peaceful walk to the next gym, but you get interrupted by like a Rattata and a, and a Pidgey <laughs> every step you make. That you is know this Pokemon that you don't even want? Like, you yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. It's level two, level two Rattata moments yeah, every just seven pigeons coming up to fuck up the party. It says you can't run. <laughs> you can't escape. Yeah. You have to, have to pull out your Charizard and just exhaust, exhaust him for no reason. <laughs> just all this. You know, when you're about interactive quiz, y'all speaking about Black Mirror Bandersnatch, innit? When you get to pick different <laughs> endings, like, you go through it and it's all the end of the end of shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the seasons, um, the rest of the seasons in our hands, man. Burnley. Literally is our last test because I, I to be honest, it might be Roy Hudson's farewell game. Um, but he said, he, he's, he's, so he said he's not actually announced that he's retiring. He's just announced that he's just that he's just leaving at the end of the season. Did um, he say it was five years in management that he's that he's just not managing anymore? No, he said he said he's yeah. Well, if there is an, another adventure, that he, he'd be happy to take it up. So I listen, listen, Roy Hodgson, man. Like you, you, you kind of cap, like leave while you got like while while you're still in good graces because after Liverpool, um, your legacy, not even your legacy, your career was looking nuts, absolutely bonkers. So you've cashed, you've done well with Crystal Palace, mid table. You're now a mid table legend. Like come on, man, you're not getting any better than that, bruv. Like Spurs and that ain't gonna hire you. No one's gonna hire you. It's either him or Sabayas, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, no, no, like it's it's not happening, man. So isn't it crazy though, guys? That weirdly, I mean, we didn't cover it when we were looking at the West Brom game, but Nat Phillips was a not in a good way, an absolute madman in that West Brom game. But that Burnley huh. game, that Burnley game is his yeah. destiny with the. Ball I I genuinely think, yeah, Klopp said, all right, you're up against Big Sam, yeah? Nat Phillips, I just want you to just fling your weight about every header. Even that header with that um, Addison squad, the way he was attacking that header, if he connected with that, it probably wouldn't have gone in, but the aggression was nuts. Like, I think I think you can read in Twitter where, like, we make jokes about him just putting his head on everything because, fam, like, he's been... You know, like, on a serious note, so the Newcastle goal, yeah, um, the goal they scored in the last minute, Nobody went to the ball. And hmm. straight after that game, yeah, you could see he was flinging himself at anything that came in the box. Yeah. Regardless of how far it was away from him, he was flinging, it, flinging himself at it. And that's testament to him learning from his mistakes, I guess. But he needs to learn when to be measured as well and not be so front-footed to leave spaces at the back behind him because he isn't the fastest. Uh, he said that he turns a bit more like Murtasaka than the <laughs> prime Tarat. Like he needs to just relax a bit and understand his role a bit more. Oh, but no, no. Random, he yeah. is a good servant, so shout out him in it. Shout out Nat Phillips for doing a job for us while we've been struggling still. No, shout out Nat Phillips here, but against West Brom, yeah, did you guys see one one part of the game when Nat Phillips just tried to ping, ping the ball and it just, it just didn't he work? Went out, he just, oh, he just went out of play. 
Speaking of criminals from that West Brom game, uh, that whatever, Shaqiri, whatever Shaqiri did when he got that ball from the corner and then he ended not up... Even How that ended up out of play when we were on the half <laughs> line, bro, I do not... That, that was minute 87, I, by the way. That was... I, you don't even know the amount of fat shaming I did. Like, you don't even want to know the amount of fat I, I did. I genuinely can't wait for this summer for guys to leave, <laughs> bruv. Certain <laughs> man leave. Shakiri is what, like, I'm tired of seeing certain man even on the bench, bruv. I don't, because there's certain man that's on the bench here that are forever on the bench. And I, when I, they, I, I'd, I'd, have brought Woodburn, I'd have brought Woodburn on instead of him. <laughs> Same. I Fuck that guy, bruv. Oh, bruv, Bearman. And to see what the guys will be doing, and to see what the guys will be doing um, with some of the players this season, do subscribe to the Patreon page as we do have the transfer game coming back in the next few weeks. I'm telling everyone, I'm telling Bearman for 10 M's. I'm even going to a certain man. I'm just going to let it rip, man. Take it for formal, man. As you can see, the guys are excited. This is where this is where we um this is this is this is the show where we've got about four shows possibly five um where we simulate the the transfer window for Liverpool to see what the guys would do how, you know what their strategic approach would be um I do agree with the flog everyone shout in terms of some of the players so we do have a new aspect of the game which I'm really looking forward to showing with them because it's gonna fuck up some of their some of their plans yeah, obviously no, uh, tra- no strategy no no transfer tactics just vibes. Whatever Christian is, I'm going to I might be going for Mbappe still. I might be going for Yeah, I can't lie. I'm raising funds for Mbappe. And if you, yeah, if you don't have a bench, you don't have a bench. Tawa, Tawa, what's his name? Tawa on, on a... Awoyini. Awoyini, sorry. Yeah, he's he's back. Fuck it. Origi's going for five M's. Shakiri's going for like seven. <laughs> if you can get some money seven for three. Three M's. Bear man are cutting. Firmino. Bruv. <laughs> fam. 20 M's. You're gone. Then if we have like eight M's, you know, we can get Mbappe. Actually, let me not even spoil the game, man. Subscribe to the Patreon to find out. Yeah, that is, that is www.patreon.com forward slash fracas to find that fantastic content. We've still got last year's up there, which was pretty funny. Um, it's another cup final that we've got tomorrow um, away at Burnley. Um, I'm going to quickly kind of rip through this because we've, we've done a bit of a preview already. Um Main concern for me will be that Deich looks to kind of piss in the punch a little bit. He's been playing Vidra up top with Chris Wood recently, which has been working and has been a really weird, effective front two. As Burnley are one of the the last of the remaining people to play the, a traditional four, a good old four four two. They love a good old four four two. My only concern is that Deich kind of goes back after seeing what the approach was from you know Allardyce um, at the weekend. We you know by playing Robson Carnu and then bringing on Carl and Grant, um, but he kind of just shifts Ashley Barnes back into the starting eleven um, and plays him alongside Chris Woods. It's a bit of a bully ball tactic, but like we said earlier on, uh, I think Nat Phillips will be up for the task there. But it's more Reese Williams who I'm concerned oh, against. Uh, I, I think I completely forgot about that. Oh my god, Reese Williams! I think with, no, I'm, I think okay Reece, I'm okay with it. I think, think Reese with a good with a good off season, put some muscle on. I think he can he can, he can improve his game. Um, and I think he'll be a good centre back at some somewhere. It probably won't be Liverpool. In all honesty, uh, I think he'll have a good career. Uh, you know, as a Championship defender. But do you guys foresee much? Like, I'll come to you with this question. Do you see that being a big issue um, for tomorrow's game? 
I, I do. I, I, I don't think that we, we can escape that. I think this is the main learning from the Liverpool season is it's not about thinking that bad things won't happen. It's just can we make more good things happen than bad things? That's all I'm hoping for right now. I, I am happy for Ashley Barnes to terrorise Reese Williams as long as on the other side of the pitch, Mo Salah is, is selfishly banging them in to make sure he's picking up an award at the end of the season. So, yeah, let's counteract that bad with as much good as possible, I think. No, I completely agree. Um, I was kind of going through the stats of their game uh, against Leeds from the weekend. Uh, both teams created the same amount of chances, but obviously Leeds, in terms of conversion, were, were, were far better, were very ruthless. So it's a good omen going into this game uh, to know that we can, you know, there will be will be space to create chances and there will be opportunities to score. Uh, Nick Pope not available for this game. It will be Peacock Farrell. I'm hoping I'm mm-hmm. saying that correctly. Yeah. Who will be between I think the sticks. Is an absolute blinder. Every single time Liverpool <laughs> play a goalkeeper that hasn't played in, what, five years or is a second-choice goalkeeper when someone's injured, they play like fucking prime booth one, bruv. Well, uh, remember, Adam, Adam, remember Bogdan? And bro. I fucking signed him. And I was like, oh, what's going didn't on? We play against that, didn't we play against like, that Grant brother for, for Stoke who we ended up signing for Man United and he just was mad sick? Or was that Man City? I don't know, man. No, Lee yeah, Lee Grant when he played for Stoke. Yeah. yeah, I think he had a really good game. Um... That, I remember that game from a few seasons ago where Fraser Forster wasn't even touching us. So Southampton eleven came in and then he saved that penalty and he's just he's just a bit grock and he looks like Frankenstein. So it, it is the curse. That, it is it is the curse of backup goalkeepers. But look, if they get the business done, if they are more ruthless, if, if there's one game to be ruthless in, it's this game. It's this game that you want to just bag, bag and bag and put it beyond all belief. Um, in terms of the approach for tomorrow, tomorrow's game, um, or today's game, if you listen to it on a Wednesday, um, going back from that Leeds game as well, they had a lot of joy. and I mean, a lot of joy on that left-hand side. I mean, Jack Harrison and Pascal Strick absolutely bossed the show. Jack Harrison more than anyone. Um, do you see that? Do you, Julian, I'll come to you. Do you see that left-hand side for Liverpool in this game being the real way to kind of get some joy out. You could, you, you'll be going up against Matt Loughton and I can't remember who that right winger is because it's not McNeil, is it? He's the left winger. Uh, is it Matthew Westwood? Is Goodmanson still playing on the right? He's on the he's on the bench, isn't he? It's a, it's, Goodmanson has been on the bench ever late. I think it is Ashley Westwood still. Ashley Westwood plays on the right now. It's Jack Cork and someone else in the middle. Um, <laughs> but Burnley, yeah. Burnley seems to be very, very attentively paid attention to, I can see. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know what? The left-hand side, I think, to be honest, not, the left-hand side isn't going to be our, our main our main place of draw. Um, our left-hand side's ass, bro. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, hasn't got an assist since I was in sixth form, and Mane is playing crap, so I, I don't yeah. understand how we're going to do way, it. The only way I see our left-hand side being a real avenue of attack is if we start Curtis Jones and start him on the left. He's not going to yeah. play. I can tell you that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and even, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Like, I personally feel like with this game, Klopp kind of has to throw the kitchen sink at him, man. He has to be like, listen, trying to, trying to, trying to out, trying to match Burnley for like grit and determination is a myth. I can't lie, it's a myth. Um, trying to, if if Milner plays tomorrow, I'll lose it. If which, <laughs> uh, if which, if which plays tomorrow, it'll be fine. If Thiago's there, 
But at the end of the day, I genuinely think we need to throw the kitchen sink at it. Like, I'm with Marco in this. I wouldn't be opposed to... Because I, I definitely feel like the key to beating Burnley tomorrow is unlocking our midfield and creating actually creating chances from midfield. Because they'll probably know that, you know, our, 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 our wing-backs are... Even our full-backs are, are our main outlet for getting goals. But at the end of the day, tomorrow, like, Burnley, if you do what um, Leeds did, then, you know, you break them down, create create chances... Um, instead of trying to, you know, match them for for determination and grit and then possibly hoping on that one moment where we can break them down in the game, similar to what we did to, to similar to what we did at Sheffield, then we'll, we'll, we we could get goals. It's just that, you know, our, our front three's got to be in the mood to score because we need goals and uh, we need them it's early as well. Under the, yeah, go on. Sorry, just to add, Chris, one thing you did say, I think it's important to note, yeah, that your stat about Leeds attacking well down the left is very valuable. But... I guess when you're talking about Burnley, it doesn't mean that the other side of the pitch is good. It just means yeah. that Leeds chose to attack down the left. Yeah. Their right yeah, side, side is also crap. So I, I don't think it, it necessarily means that we, we should focus our attack there. Hey, hey, hey look, I, I, I like Dwight McNeil, but um, he was... Uh, he is left back, though, isn't it? Well, nah, they've been playing uh, Charlie Taylor at, at, uh, oh, yeah. at left back. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been it's it's been me and 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 the Tark James Tarkowski at centre back as well. So um, look, we, you you know, for me, Burnley are. Play. Yeah, uh, he has to play. But the, the, I think the thing is as well in terms of having that creativity from the middle of the park. You know that Burnley are going to have that area there. You know what I mean? They're going to play with a four four two. It's not going to be as it is. Um, so I think you just kind of just you just take it if you play, you play like you play like you normally have. Get the chances they will they will quit. We will be, we will be able to create. And you know McNeil again wasn't particularly great. I have a funny feeling. Uh, so I was going to say I have a funny feeling that Fab is going to be at centre back tomorrow. He shouldn't be still. I hope not because he should. For me, yeah, the key to winning this game is to get Thiago as much space as possible. And to get him as much space as possible, you need people that are runners around him. Um, I don't really want to see Milner, Genie and Thiago in midfield. That would be nasty. I hate Genie in the sixth because he doesn't ever play forward and playing so deep that they side to side. Um, yeah, for me, it has to be midfield of Fab, Thiago plus one more. Ideally, I want to go Jones. I don't mind him going Milner. I don't mind him going Genie. But it needs to be a robust midfield that will be able to somewhat create and if Thiago is able to get the space afforded to him in past games then he will be able to create all by himself so yeah it's a game where weirdly I think you you would probably prefer Jota uh, in the front three over Firmino because I think these kind yeah. of teams have got a little bit of a formula of how to kind of nullify his his effectiveness um well, but that, that being said, I, I thought he played all right against West Brom, and you know he probably should have scored. But it's going to be an inter- it's going to be an interesting one. We're going to be on edge for the entire ninety minutes, as per usual, um, because bring back Clavan, man, bring back Clavan <laughs> for that last minute winner. <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, it's not this game. Oh, that is Julian's guy. <laughs> that, is my, that is my icon. Clavan, listen, if we ever saw Clavan and Van Dijk at the back. No word of a lie, we would have won the league in 1819. I said it. I said it. <laughs> Clavan was a grand man. No, no, one, no one wants to accept it, but we were done dirty, man. I, I don't all know I why. Do, all I can do is beg our listeners not to press the unsubscribe button that you're currently... No, no, no. Currently, you're hovering your screen over. Please do not. No, if you're listening now, listen. Go go on YouTube, yeah? And just write in <laughs> Clavan 
LFC. I'm telling you, bruv. Clavan had some moments, fam. When was when was the last time you actually watched? This, this is a random tangent here, but when, remember when Clavan was here? When was actually a time you watched the game and you thought, fat fuck, Clavan was shit? No one said Clavan was shit. But you're shit, saying he should have played and Gomez. That's not making sense to me. No, he would have. He would have. I'm telling you, brother. Just, I thought they'd give him the chance. I'm telling you, Clavan was a gunman. But that's for a story. But we, we're here now, man. So it's calm, man. <laughs> no, that, that is for sure. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, I mean, well, I think all I can say at this point is we've made it here. Yeah, the, the, the times were looking fairly dark. It was looking very bleak. We were all planning different things we were going to be doing instead of watching Liverpool on a weekly basis, even though it's, our, it's kind of our sub-job to, to, to watch Liverpool games and then report back on them on a weekly basis. Um, but we've got something optimistic. We've got some optimism back in the group. We're all on this unified approach. The fans, the team, we know the objective now is to get across the lines, get two wins and to be at the place where we should be. Champions League is Liverpool's competition. No one's won it more than Liverpool. No one's had more iconic Champions League nights in recent recent years, whether that be the past two years, five years, ten years. Even when we weren't even fucking in it, we still had more iconic moments than the, the, some of the scruffs, the tramps that were in it. No, not losing 10 to on aggregate. I mean, good Lord. Um, it's our competition, and it's where we need to be. So, if any of the players are possibly listening to this right now, they're not, but I mean... Just in case. Just in case. Make us proud. Go and do the business tonight against Burnley. Bang home as many chances as possible. Bobby, if you want to score and dedicate the goal to me, that's fine. You know, (laughs) you know, I know, you know, I know, you know, I was there repping for you when you were captain. I've been holding down home. Um, But yeah, it's just another occasion for another hero to step up and add to this crazy roller coaster of a season. Then. He's hoping they can just pull out the two wins needed, whether it be in the most dire circumstances, and it's just two dull one ones. We'll take it at this point. We'll, we'll really take it. So, from all of us here at Coffin, I've been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Mark. I can never get this right on this YouTube. I just put my hands in terms of where people are going. I've been joined by Mark, Mush, and oh. I've done it again. I don't know again. And Julian. Come on, Reds. Let's finish this battle. Get top four, and we can all celebrate next week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Network.